Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating, the weekly podcast where we talk about all the goings on in the world of Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. With me as my co-host this week is Chris Frankel. We all know Chris is a popular local bartender. He's worked really just about everywhere that matters. Anvil, Underbelly, Cafe Annie when it was RDG Bar Annie. He had a bar in Midtown called Spare Key that was my favorite place to drink for at least a little while before it suddenly closed. He's also a former Jeopardy contestant. You got to mention that, did you? <laughs> I have to. I have to. It's it's not the most interesting thing about yeah. you, Chris, but it is certainly an interesting thing about you. One of many, right? Uh, Chris Frankel, welcome to What's Eric Eating? Cool. Thanks for having me. So I just want to dive right into the news of the week because our lead story relates to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have a new job. So if you've kind of followed your you know coverage, um, the Dallas pizza restaurant Cane Rosso has two locations in Houston, Montrose and Heights. They brought in Chef Jonathan Jones to kind of revamp the menu, make it more locally oriented. And then I'm work, I'll am work. i be working with JJ to help revitalize the bar program, do some drinks, and then just update the beverage. So you'll be consulting how how long for roughly the next couple it's a, of months? It's a two-month period. So just to kind of get, get a good menu, re, like get the cost in order, retrain staff, all that, st- all that fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a tricky thing, right? Because typically... If we go to a pizza restaurant, it's pizzas and beer. Right. So what is a what is the cocktail menu for a pizza restaurant look like? Well, I think you kind of you have to kind of model it after what they're trying to do with the food. Like JJ's trying to do some more 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 pasta. He likes like the pizzas are, are pretty solid. Maybe just a few more topping changes, but other than that, the pizzas are done well. So he's doing more pastas and kind of Italian themed dishes with a local twist. And I'm going to keep the menu really simple, just light, refreshing, tasty drinks that, you know, anyone can like. They're not, it's not going to be like one of the menus I did, I did for Animal. You know, it's not going to be a very intense menu. Right. So but what you're telling me is uh, vodka cocktails and uh, maybe an old-fashioned. No, but I mean, like kind of porch drinks. So it'll be light, refreshing, like, because they, they have a beautiful patio, and that's kind of, in this, especially summer. So a lot of, like, refreshing, light probably includes a lot of their wine in there because they have a pretty big wine list. So, and uh, I know you'll be you'll be based at the Montrose location, right? So you'll be behind the bar. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be at both locations. Um, I generally hang out more at Montrose since it's closer to me, but I will absolutely be at both spots doing work. And we can follow you on Instagram and Twitter to find out where you're up to and what you're creating. Right, and I'll be posting once they start getting the menu rolled out. Um, Instagram it's Chris Frankel. Twitter is CS Frankel. Awesome. All right. Well, let's let's move on because. You may have a new job, but but this has been a, an interesting week for people mm-hmm. changing jobs. None more surprising, in my opinion, than the news that Evan Turner has left Helen Greek Food and Wine. Yeah, that was kind of shocking, I think, to everybody who knows Evan, has been to Helen, because that restaurant was built around him. Right. I mean, he developed that concept. Mm-hmm. He recruited William Wright, the chef, to join him mm-hmm. after Evan left Latab. William joined him from Latab. It, it's hard for me to imagine what Helen is like without Evan there to guide the all Greek wine list right. to help contribute ideas to the menu. I mean, he he has such a fondness for Greek culture and food and such a passion for Greek wine that 
you know, and this is this is a restaurant that's attracted a ton of national attention. James Beard nomination for best new restaurant in the country last year. Texas Monthly called it the best new restaurant that opened in Texas in 2015. I mean, what are you? What, what's your sense of kind of where Helen goes from here without Evan Turner? It's going to be interesting because there's just not like a lot of people I can think of that could run the place, run that kind of specific menu the way he did. And certainly, I don't see anyone with that kind of enthusiasm towards Greek culture and wine. So that like Evan really just projected. So I don't know if they become more kind of a mainstream in their menu and their like the Heights is a little bit more of a Euro and um, like like kind of place, right? Like like actual like right. the, the Greek food that we talk about when we. Right, it's like it's closer to Nico Nico's than something you see in like Greece, right? But but Helen Greek food and wine in Rice Village is still right. You know, it's it's Greek food that you see in Greece, but made with Gulf Coast ingredients. That was it's mm-hmm. and that was a fun it's genius. That's what yeah. makes it so compelling. It was. I mean, honestly, like the menu looked a lot like I was in Greece last summer. I did see a lot of kind of like okay, Helen was a good kind of hey, I, I recognize that dish or I see what they're going for and it's cool. The other two sort of comings and goings I want to talk about is. Uh, Brennan's of Houston has a new chef. Mm-hmm. They just hired Joe Cervantes from Killen Steakhouse. Killen Steakhouse in turn responded by hiring Steve Haug away from <laughs> Grazia Italian Kitchen and Pesca. I mean, is there? I, I don't know. I don't know how much there is to say about this, except that for Joe, it's a homecoming. He worked mm-hmm. for he worked for Brennan's for four years. He's taking that restaurant over, and and he's a really young guy. Yeah. So in that sense, you know, the idea that that. Brennan's this this very classic, very iconic restaurant is getting a, a kind of a youthful jolt. I think that that has some potentially interesting ramifications. Yeah, I think you'll be, hopefully you'll see some cool specials. I mean, like Brennan's is just you just run that. It's a, it's a well run classic restaurant. Just keep it going and don't screw it up. It's basically, but you can also do some fun stuff with it too. I think. I want to talk sort of more in depth about a couple of restaurants, but but I okay. should note that that there's been a, a real crush of new openings in the last week or so. None more high profile than Better Luck Tomorrow, the new concept from Bobby Hugel and Justin Yu, maybe the city's highest profile bartender and most acclaimed chef, mm-hmm. I think. I agree. Have you been to Better Luck Tomorrow yet? I have not yet. It's on my list, so I will try to make the next few weeks. <laughs> what are you what are you hearing from people? What what's your what's the initial buzz? Well, I think it's it's interesting because both Bobby and Justin are very have been a very assertive with their concepts like, you know, pastry wars, this is a serious mezcal bar obviously oxheart was this is this is my you know very technique right. very serious very precise tasting menu yeah restaurant. and it's interesting to see them because they didn't really they didn't really unveil the concept until like shortly before opening in the name so i think they're just kind of doing something where we're just one neighborhood bar and just keep it simple yeah i mean it it really is i, I mean i i've been there snuck in a couple of times mm-hmm. casual neighborhood bar limited food menu mm-hmm. but but very much a bar experience order at the counter no servers, you know, open a tab when you order, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So it's, but it is surrounded by a lot of apartments and a, and a neighborhood and it's got this great patio. Mm-hmm. I think what I like about it is that it just doesn't feel quite so serious that it's just, it's got neon lights. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot more fun, certainly than Anvil, which, mm-hmm. I mean, the drinks are great. That yeah. liquor selection is almost impossible to beat, but you're, you know, you're you're almost going there to study, right? And I think it's just it's just they're in the middle of a neighborhood, like you said, apartments everywhere, like on a small houses, like right on that street strip of Yale. And I think they just that's designed for people who live in that neighborhood. That's what that what that restaurant and bar is going for. 
You're listening to What's Eric Eating? All right, so let's uh, let's dive into the restaurants of the week. Okay. For people who don't know you, you travel basically constantly. When you're not when you're not working, you're you're living out of a suitcase somewhere. Yep. But I also, because I, I follow you on social media, of course, I know that you have when you're in Houston, you've been eating a lot of poke recently. I like poke. I mean, I know it's kind of like the new trendy thing that's kind of going around town, and there's a lot of places that opening, but it's it's quick, it's healthy, it's not as spendy as like going to like for sushi. It's a little bit less of a ritual. Just here's a bowl and go for it. So I guess I want to start with sort of which which of the local new poke restaurants have you been going to? So usually I just go to Ono Poke. That's the one on Richmond and right near Montrose. I think they do it. It's very no-nonsense. It's simple. It's good fish, good rice, and then not crazy with the topping. So it's like it's not like a salad bowl, basically. Yeah, I I I see all these places that have the Red Hot Cheetos as an option. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not doing that. No. I'm not, I'm not putting that on fish. Well, I mean, I haven't, so I haven't been to Hawaii in a long time, but I do have a lot of experience eating in like the Pacific coast, like Portland, Seattle, LA, and Vegas has like a big Hawaiian food scene too. And I've had poke at all those places. It's very simple. It's just marinated fish, rice, maybe some green onions, maybe some like seaweed, but it's not a very complicated dish. Right. Maybe a little avocado. Right. But I get a little weirded out because I see a lot of the Instagrams from these guys and they're just, there's like 10 different ingredients that looks like a giant salad bowl and you're kind of like, I just want some fish. And how, how does Ono compare to what, you're, what you've experienced on the West Coast? Um, and to be fair, I haven't eaten at all the new poke places that opened. It's hard to keep track with them, but Ono is the closest to what I've had, the closest in Pacific Coast markets. And then have you been to Moku Bar, the new poke restaurant I, in the conservatory downtown? I did. Um, I did actually really recently. I think it was, it was good for what it was. I think... It was a little disappointing that they they apparently have limited hours compared to the rest of conservatory. So you want to go and get 3 a.m. pokey. That's sadly. Not yet. Yeah. One day, maybe. But it was good. I like Ono better, but I think Mocha was fine. And then we we had lunch last week to talk about to talk about this at Rim Tannin, a new Thai restaurant yeah. that just opened in the upper Kirby area on Richmond where uh, Bluefish Sushi used mm-hmm. to be. I had fairly high expectations for this. It's gotten a little bit of media buzz. Yeah. The sense that it's a it's a Thai street food restaurant that it's doing dishes that are more authentic maybe than some of the Thai restaurants in town. I mean, I didn't really find that to be the case. I mean, the you know I thought the menu was pretty conventional. They just gave it Thai names exactly, and I mean the flavors were fine. Yeah, it was fine. It wasn't a des- it's a it's a nice neighborhood restaurant, but it's nothing as far as destinations in my opinion. Yeah, you know, I, and then the papaya salad where you mash the. The yeah. peanuts in yeah. it. I, I mean, that, that was more gimmicky, really, than yeah. something that I'm going to go back for, I think. Yeah. I feel like Houston's tie scene isn't, isn't, was one of our weaknesses. Our tie scene could be a lot stronger. So they can probably, any kind of gesture is going to get attention. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not bad. I don't, no, I don't mean to not. damn it with faint praise. It, we had a satisfying lunch that didn't cost us a whole ton of money. But I don't think it quite matches the hype that it's getting from. Some other segments of the local media, mm-hmm. it's not really distinguishing itself at this point. Yeah, I think it's a combination of being inner loop, so more visible. But like you said, like I, if it were if it were near me and I could walk there, I'd go there pretty regularly. But if I want a good like traditional time in here, I'm going to go to Asia Market or Vieng Thai or Bon Sum Tomb or one of the other. Are you a Thai gourmet fan? I think it's. I don't. I yes and no. Like usually I'll go to like I like Vieng Thai and Asia Market just um, as a ritual. I think Thai gourmet is good, and I like that they go crazy with the spices. If you ask them, 
So usually I'll go, but I'll try to go at a slow hour to beat the lines. All right. Well, Chris, thank you very much. We'll be right back with uh, Brian and Jennifer Caswell, who are going to drop some news about what they are up to this summer. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? When I started this podcast, I always said I, I hope to break a little news on it. We did that last week. Ronnie Killen told us that he's thinking about opening a barbecue restaurant in Austin. We're going to do that again this week. Brian Caswell, Jennifer Caswell are here. We all know Brian. He's the chef owner of Reef, a real Tex-Mex cafe, Little Bigs, and a very successful catering company. They're here to talk about a new restaurant that they're opening downtown that has been completely off the radar, amazingly, for months. Brian and Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good. We're doing great. Fantastic. And yeah, I mean, we uh, we worked pretty hard to keep it quiet. We actually we were going to try to, like Jennifer says, we we're going to drop it like a Beyonce album. Yeah, like yeah, this. just like open the doors one day and see who showed up. <laughs> yeah, yep. um, you know, it's 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 so hard. Things, so many things have changed. Reef's almost ten years old now, and so many things have changed when in relation to openings. And I feel like almost every opening crescendos too soon. Um, but if, you know, if you're trying to build some sort of um, some sort of buzz, uh, so we thought we'd try to do it the opposite way and see if we couldn't take get. advantage of the actual marketing. So let's let's start at the beginning. What is the restaurant called? Where is it located? And when do you expect it to? Open? So we expect opening to be opening to be uh, July eighteenth is the date we're working on in or around that date. The name. Oh, the What's name. It called? Oh, it's called. <laughs> yeah, it should start with the name. The name is called Oxbow Seven. Uh, it's in the bottom of the Lemeridian Hotel. Um, it's going to be different in the way that um, there isn't a, there isn't a really a, a restaurant like like this to where the entire bottom floor is dedicated to the to the restaurant. The restaurant has its own bathrooms, its own its own entrance. Uh, it's connected to the hotel because it's on the bottom, uh, and it's going to be a full service hotel. So we'll also, we'll also be doing that as well, um, room service and, and banquets and, and such. Right. So let's let's start with the fact that it's it's at the La Meridian. This is an internationally famous luxury hotel brand. Certainly, like the equivalent of like a Four Seasons or a Ritz Carlton, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is this is going to be a, a first class fine dining restaurant. Is that you know I I, I mean. The word fine dining, I don't know how much meaning that has anymore and like what, what it means. You know, it's going to be fine dining food, I guess, but would not. I mean, nobody really does. There's no, no tablecloths, no 27 points of service, you know. No, no, no requirement to wear a jacket and tie, no, yeah, please. No, none of, for none my of that, sake. Oh, none of that enough. stuff. No, no, no elaborate table side setups. Um, you, know, I'm, we're, you know, at the end of the day, we're trying to be a restaurant that people enjoy and, and, and like and want to come back and eat on, on a regular basis. So tell us about the name because I know that it's very significant to the overall concept. So this is probably not probably this is the most personal thing I've done since since I opened Reef. Um, Oxbow is a uh, is a bend in a river when a when a river or a bayou gets closer to the to the coast it starts to meander uh, to where it almost kind of t- well it resembles the the thing that uh, an ox right. would wear well an oxen would wear right so like almost like an omega. You know, so it comes all the way around and, and almost touches itself, which and then creates kind of a lake, um, you know, kind of a kind of a circular lake that a lot of times, we're, you know, with uh, Native Native Americans or early settlers, that would be kind of where you'd set up shop because there was fresh water that was still it wasn't violently moving at any particular time, and it was just a good place to kind of set up and have a little, you know, have a little community. Um, so, and the seven represents the seven bayous that 
create the Mother Bayou, which is obviously Buffalo Bayou. Yeah, the, so there's an Oxbow actually in uh, Memorial Park, just outside of downtown, uh, and the property that uh, I'm a hog had donated to the city, which kind of leads into the the secondary part of the the concept. But we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, the the, the rooftop bar. Go the ahead. Rooftop bar, and um, so that's gonna be called Hogbirds, and uh, there's a cliff that overlooks the Oxbow called Hogbirds Sanctuary, and so it's kind of it 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 brings in the whole um, all of I'm a hog and what she stood for is a strong woman who did a lot for the state and the city. And um, so the bar on the rooftop is going to have a very strong female presence um, and be very like, you know, I don't want to say like girl power because I feel like that dumbs it down, but you know, too much, too much spice girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just a little bit. But, but I mean, certainly if you talk about a bar like mm-hmm. Julep, Alba yeah. Yeah. has put a, a feminine stamp on, the decor, the experience—it yes. just feels different than maybe a bar like Anvil. That's that's harder surfaces, a little more massive. Yeah, right. well, and we not only that. that, but we're looking—you know—we have a—we're talking to a, a female bartender at the moment. So the cocktail program is going to revolve around her and kind of her viewpoint on cocktails, which is—you know—you don't see a ton of that in Houston. Outside of, outside of what I was doing, you, you know, there's there are a few few girls in town that are, you know, over at um, where it. Uh, was it Mallard or Millard? Oh, it was Canard. Canard, right. So I knew it was a duck, right? So, yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, there really hasn't been a whole lot of, you know, female present kind of so back to Oxford, though. Oh, Because so that's kind of, you know, the shining star. From a concept standpoint, we're kind of looking at something, you know, if, if Reef is a, is a 100% Gulf seafood restaurant, this is going to be more of a Gulf Coast uh, inland semi-sea semi restaurant. So if you think... You know everything west of Houston, everything east of of um, of Gulf Shores, Mobile. Mo- uh, Mobile area. There's no there there aren't there's nothing that's called a bayou, right? So if you kind of use that as a defining area coming in fifty to hundred miles, so inland fish, inland game, and those are the areas that you grew up hunting, and you know, right? You would do a blast and cast. You'd go out right. hunting in those areas, and then you'd go fishing, and kind of harks to my childhood where I was kind of like a kind of a redneck huck fin that would kind of run around the bayous and and just like a you know i was allowed to just kind of kick around and 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 run and dig up crawfish and gig for uh gig for for frogs and and do all these kind of things that were for me were were very natural and and it's just kind of if you think about it like if anybody knows anything about the the, the history of hot cuisine you know once the scuffie started and all that stuff started to rise up it was the common man food that actually came up and created hot cuisine and that's what everybody thinks about now as being kind of this fancy type of food stuff um and that's kind of what we're trying to do is take this common man you know uh you know food of the people and kind of elevate it just a little bit and jennifer actually as i'm trying to explain these things jennifer <laughs> just spit it out one day we're just elevated bayou cuisine is what we're talking about elevated bayou cuisine so I mean, everything from, like, crawfish to catfish to... Rabbit to redfish. Duck, I mean... To duck, to to quail. The interesting part about the bayous, especially in Houston, is that there's a lot of... There's a lot of cultural diversity that developed along the different bayous. Um, And so a lot of that will be pulled into it. Right, and certainly Reef was one of the very first restaurants in Houston that I was aware of that kind of took some of those Vietnamese influences, those Asian influences, and blended it with really great local ingredients, mm-hmm. high-level professional technique. So I assume that there will be more of that coming absolutely. at Oxbow 7. Yeah, absolutely. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be both a, a, a post- and present-day you know, modern take on that, on that region. 
you you came back to Houston. You you grew up in the area, but you came back to Houston at Bank John George and the Hotel Icon. What has changed, in your opinion, in Houston that makes a downtown hotel restaurant appealing to you in a way that maybe it wasn't when you left John George to open Reef? Well, there's there's more people living in downtown, and I think that's at the end of the day. I mean, downtown's always been great for lunch, right? So you can you could if you had a good spot that was close to a lot of pe- working working offices and stuff, close to the tunnel. And, the tunnel, well, well, the well, and that was you know when we were at Bank, <clears throat> I remember they had just released a uh, University of Houston had just released a thesis on anything. What was it north of Pease? Could never survive. I was furious. I couldn't understand it, but they were right because Pease is where the the tunnel stops. And during the summer, it's very difficult to get people to walk to lunch um, a street side for two and a half blocks, right? No matter how good the food is. Uh, and it actually t- it's it was it's, what's funny thing is it's actually easier to get in your car and go to Reef and have lunch than it is to get in your car and go to Bank and have lunch or have lunch in you know a couple blocks downtown from where you where you work. So this place is closer to the tunnel, so that helps my my uh my my thought process a little bit but you know wh- the 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 problem or not the problem rather the, the challenge will always be in downtown is how do you create a steady evening business right well Re- reef has proven that by and you know we have we're such a a, a great business transient traveler ch- town now that you can get a lot of your patronage in monday tuesday and wednesday from the hotels that are in downtown from people coming in for board meetings coming in for conventions and that sort of thing so you know that's kind of taking care of us. How do you how do you drive that local business from you know Thursday to to Saturday? And I think you know so many things have changed. You know, obviously social media. When people talk about restaurants, they talk about that. That's, that's, but logistically, the biggest thing that's changed in restaurants is Uber, right? So you don't you know people didn't used to go to downtown because they were afraid to, or I don't or they didn't want to pay fifteen twenty dollars to park. Or they didn't understand one-way streets. I mean, like this right, seems right. strange. The grid but, is very confusing to right. people. If you don't, if you don't work down there, right? You have the no grid idea. Can be very confusing. Right. You have no idea. And I still drive around in circles sometimes. My wife. That's why I Uber. Like, He'll be driving around in circles around one block, and I'm already, you know, Ubered there, gone out. <laughs> I'm sitting at the meeting, and we're all waiting. Right. So. so, I mean, so I think that that alone has changed because people now just get, you know, we never drive when we go out and we're going to we know we're going to have some wine. So people now just get in a car and say, take me to this spot. It doesn't matter so much if it's in downtown or it's in Edo or it's in Midtown or it's in River Oaks because it's all kind of the same to them. And I think that that's that's one of the biggest things that's changed. The other thing is that that area, that kind of east middle to east side of downtown the convention area has just exploded i mean there's so many things to do it's a walking street on friday and saturday nights there's concerts there's venues there's there's all kinds of stuff to do down there so i mean it's a ton has changed that was a ghost town when bank was open right and and certainly i mean to the extent that these things matter the restaurant's going to be beautiful we'll have some renderings up on culture map uh for listeners to look at but mid-century modern Super classic, very clean design. It's yeah. gorgeous, lots of brass and marble. It, it's very pretty. But with some 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 Warm interesting, we're doing. Lemon Meridian has a is a huge focus and commitment to art, mm-hmm. art and international and local art, and they've given us a, a a great avenue to kind of kind of explore and and put up on a pedestal some of our local artists here in Houston. So we're going to do a lot of street art within the restaurant and the hotel. We're going to do a lot of. A lot of stuff that people are familiar with, um, just coming up, you know, that, that, of, of these artists that are, that, you know, they see down the street. You've you've seen in, in in some of our some of our parades, our car parades, and that kind of thing. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Really excited. We we brought somebody on yesterday actually for the the big 
wall piece that we're doing. And I think the you know the other, the other thing is the building itself. It's a, it's got a historical distinction, and uh, it's incredibly culture significant for the city. Uh, during that whole Brasilica stuff that was happening in the fifties, yeah, it's Sweden the old, old Melrose building, right between Sweden and Brazil. You know that that kind of mid century modern type um, uh, uh, architecture was going up. Very famous Brazilian architect designed that, and at the time it was the, it was the tallest building in in Houston. Um, you've probably driven by it a hundred times. It has these very crazy looking kind of green, They're greenish teal, really blue tiles. tiles underneath the windows. Right. So it's on, it's on St. Jacinto street, I think. Yeah. Uh, Walker and so yeah, Walker and St. Jacinto. So basically right in the heart of the business district. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, for us, it would be great from, again, lunch will be, will be one of the easier things. It's be exciting. We'll do a lot of fun kind of, we're going to do this kind of cross you know, I don't know, for lack of a better word, this this Kunas bento box thing that we're going to be doing uh, for lunch that'll that'll change it on a regular basis. But uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun at lunch, and um, but you know, I think you know dinner is going to be just as equally as fun. And then, where are you kind of in the in the process of putting the team together? Does it does it have a chef yet? You just said you were talking to a bartender. Yeah, we've got a lot. Of, uh, we're kind of keeping that keeping that to ourselves. We've got you know the, we've got the front house management set, the back house management pretty set um all the kind of filling in filling all the pieces now um so if you're looking give me a call <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh, uh but but clearly you have uh there's a lot of work to do over the next couple of months always, yeah always yeah, so we're, it's, we're what a mid-july open date so we're eight weeks nine yeah eight and a half weeks out from opening um you know so we held on to this as long as we 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 could I, I mean, I'm personally amazed that you were able to keep this under wraps for as long as you have. Yeah, we're, there's we're, all these super sleuths out there, like <laughs> combing through government records trying to, trying to find this stuff. <laughs> out. And that's why it was so interesting because the hotel was the one getting the actual, you know, beverage licenses and the sign licenses. So we were, it was easy to kind of hide. The only thing that we had was the DBA, but you couldn't tell where that was going until you know. So the name was released on the. Online somebody company. released the name online and then somebody else figured it out and then we get a phone call and we're like oh no we need to bump up our because we were going to meet with you what in like a month yeah so. like in a month from now but we had to bump that up a month which is good you know gives me an extra month of pr right that's right <laughs> so how did this deal come together because were you were you looking to do another concept did the hotel approach you where did it where did this come from um jennifer, jennifer is raising her hand jennifer would like to answer this question um, so the actual, the owners of the hotel walked up to me at uh, Kelly English's Benefit in Memphis. So they actually live in Memphis and they approached me and said, uh, do you know where we could find Brian Caswell? And I was like, I sure do. <laughs> and I led them over to uh, where he was cooking for this event. And that was kind yeah, of... They're, they're, uh, we met, uh, the ownership uh, <laughs> is is from um, Memphis. from Memphis and they have, they, this is their second Lemuradian that they, they've done and they've just been absolutely fantastic. Um <laughs> Really, I mean, you, you know, having done this before with John George and having seen a lot of these things unfold, you know, a lot of times there's this struggle between the ownership of the hotel and the restaurant and the management group. There's been nothing but a harmonious, uh, you know, uh, r- relationship thus far. It's been it's been really a pleasure yeah. to work with these guys. Right. Um, this has been a trend. I mean, certainly in New York, where luxurious hotels, upscale hotels see these restaurants as amenities for their guests. Mm-hmm. more than anything and so well think about john besh in uh new orleans a lot of his places right luke certainly is uh-huh. in a hotel right there's a couple uh, born. Of are born so and we were just there dominica yeah a few months ago and you know i was kind of amazed because you can't tell it's in a hotel 
So we're kind of going for that same. Yeah, I think everything that John Vesh has outside of August is in a hotel uh, that I, I can think of, other than Pizza Dominica. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly having the entire first floor to yourself, so you're not, you don't have to figure out where the hostess stand is relative to the lobby. Right. The bathrooms are always kind of a kind of an awkward thing because you have to walk out of the experience right into the lobby of the uh, of the of the hotel. And even though like at, at Reef, where I think honestly, I mean not Reef at um, at Bank, honestly one of the one of the most more beautiful places I've ever worked. When it yeah, first certainly opened. one of the best looking yeah. lobbies in Houston. It's f- hotel, fantastic, but it's still you're still walking past, you know, Bellman. You're you're trying to get. Past the, the travelers coming in bang, and out, babies crying, it still kind of interrupts the, the, the <laughs> interrupts the, the experience a little bit. So we're, I mean, one of the selling points for us was that one thing is that it's the entire ground floor is dedicated to the restaurant. So for the most part, it's a standalone restaurant. I think that's very important when you're talking about hotels. People in this town, more than any other town that I've ever been in or worked in, are wary of a hotel restaurant. You know, because they think it's just going to be like this, you know, blase. Yeah, we worry about you know. Grilled salmon and chicken breast and filet mignon. Can we promise that? None yeah, there's of that's no, no, that, no, okay. that stuff, man. No, 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 no. no. Glad you know me better than that. <laughs> <laughs> like instead of a surf and turf, it's going to be you know we're kind of taking it more in the lines of like a blasting cast, but it's going to be more unique. Yeah, you've been teasing some of the ideas that are yeah. going to appear on this menu at your Southern Salt Titters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, she talked about the the the, the blasting cast. The one of the my most hated terms in all of food is surf and turf, which means a, <laughs> uh, uh, it means a rubbery piece of lobster and an overcooked fillet at a banquet, right? <laughs> but you know, ha- now having a catering company, it's a it's a it's a viable and important question because everybody wants to serve two things to their guests at the same time to make them all happy, and they want something with seafood and something with something with meat. So, trying to kind of get past that hatred of the term and kind of move and, and move into. In, into, into appeasing our guests while at the same time working within the confines of our of our ideas. Right. Yeah. And, and and I suppose we should note, this is the first restaurant that you're opening without Bill Floyd. It's true. Yeah, and it's kind of a big... So I said before, earlier on, it's the most personal thing I've done since Reef, and that's also kind of goes in with that. Um, you know, Bill and I are unwinding our partnership, and this is kind of the first thing I've done outside of of, uh, of my partnership with him. So it's, it's kind of a, a big deal for me, or us. Right. Yeah, well, it's, and it's, it's the like, first hello. restaurant you've opened since you married Jennifer. <laughs> right, exactly. It's well, true. yeah, and so. well, Jackson Street was right shortly after. It was a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, yeah that didn't that, that didn't have your day to day involvement right. the same way that this will. I've been hamstrung in the um, in the uh, in the partnership in the way that I haven't really been able to. You know, the last kind of chef driven restaurant that I've opened was still a solo that kind of worked within the vein of what I do, you know, where my talents lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is kind of a, this stuff's been a return been boiling up, up over inside of me for a long time. I've been really wanting to get my, um, my fingers wet and get this done. And it's the first concept that I'm involved in, yeah. not just as a wife, as you know, a partner. Yeah, she's full partner. Now. I'm partner. Yeah. So Jennifer, <laughs> what, what will your role be at the restaurant? Marketing and media along those lines, PR, you know, lots of big, pretty pictures of, yeah, well, that and you know, I've, I'm taking over a little bit just as a whole in the other restaurants as well, doing marketing and media and a lot of stuff behind the scenes in the office. That she's you know, a stickler for systems. On, I mean, this I'm a girl is. I mean, yeah, she can code websites. She does all the web <laughs> web web design. I mean, she's pretty amazing in her abilities. Yeah, and and certainly, you know, when Little Bigs opened, it had a, it had a really funny social media presence. It had a really mm-hmm. great Twitter account. Some of that's fallen away. So. Yeah. 
we're going to get back to that. We actually just hired a new assistant, so it's going to free me up from, you know, answering the 8,000 emails or ignoring the 8,000 emails that Brian gets. So she's now in charge of those things. So I get to go back to the marketing and media stuff that really um, excites me. And uh, we have a lot of really interesting, fun things coming up. Yeah. Well, none more interesting maybe for me than, you know, you've been, you've been talking for a year about Reef 2.0. Mm-hmm. Where are you in that? What, what's the status of the changes you want to make at Reef? So it's been it, one of the challenges of, of trying to get it. We're dying to get it done. It's been, it'll be 10 years in June. So, I mean, that's a definite milestone for a restaurant in, in, any, in any city. Um, and we hope <laughs> to have a, a big celebration for that as well right. coming up. It's, but, you know, it's, it's been, it hasn't really had a, any kind of reno, a meaningful renovation in, in that time. And trying to figure out when to, when to put it. So it was, it, initially we thought we were going to be able to get it done before, um, before the open hotel. Now it's probably going to be just after. Um, still working hard on getting that to, together. Uh, Lisa, Pope, Lisa Pope Westerman from Gensler is doing the design. She's amazing. She, she also, she wasn't with Gensler when she did the design originally, but she was the original designer of the, uh, of the restaurant as well. So we just had another meeting with her and they're kind of going through renderings and we're probably going to, you know, probably release. We those. were going to do it during. Um, oh gosh, what is it? The rodeo. I'm like, how yeah. can you forget one of the biggest things in Houston? We were going to do it during rodeo, but we had several parties booked in the wine rooms and the large PDR, so uh, we weren't able to shut it down because we actually have to shut down for a few days to a week just to get uh, some of these bigger pieces put in. Yeah. And so we had to bump it back a little bit. It's not so much as whether we're ready as much as it. The, the timing. I mean, there's so many things to consider, you know, because we got staff and then we've got clients, and then you know, like you know, you, you know, you wouldn't want to shut shut it down. We've had weddings, December. you know, booked in the private dining room, and um, you know, you can't look at a bride and say, "Hey, guess what? Sorry, we're putting a new banquet, so you're going to have to wait." Right? How about Ariel? Yeah, yeah exactly. not the same. It's the same. We'll get your band up there. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be a good time. Uh, and then in terms, I assume with the physical transformation will come some changes to the menu too. Oh, absolutely. Well, it, uh, not just changes to the menu, but the entire, I guess, you know, the way it, it, it's difficult. And, and normally I think it should be a, more of a fluid change throughout the years. Things, unfortunately, couldn't happen that way. But, you know, the way people eat has changed since we've opened. I mean, so we're going to do a little bit more. We're sharing more smaller plate, you know, friendly type stuff. Yeah, make it a little bit more. We're know, all, it's going to be a lot more um, guest involvement with our with our actual uh, sous chefs and cooks. Um, there's going to be a lot more face to face with the guys who are behind the scenes, you know, working their butts off making these amazing plates. Um, so they're going to be able to actually, you know, chat interact with, with the guests, the guests a little bit more. You know, like yeah, I don't know if you've ever been to a place called Gun Show or maybe you know like. Um, uh, State Bird South, these, these things where the, the cooks are actually interacting like with the guests a little bit more. Yeah, it's more like a dim sum area where they, they, they deliver right. food. Uh, and we're not going to do that. Shows, right. Well, there's, so there's not going to be cart, carts on the no. floor. No, right. no, 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 no. Not no, 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 no. But there'll be more involvement in that, in, in that, in that same spirit. Right. But Gun Show's a restaurant in Atlanta, yeah. I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great. And then great State Bird South is San Francisco. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Both amazing. So if it's not, if it's not carts, please, <laughs> please don't do that. No, 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 no. There would be no carts. What? What about what about those experiences? Do you like that you're trying to bring to Reeve? Um, well, there's a, there's a couple things. Uh, some some I just think that people want to know those guys that are making their food more often, and those guys need, need want need to know it. It's it's so detrimental to your restaurant when there's a, a line of delineation between the front and the back, and where you know if a if a cook is not able to see a, a guest's expression on their face when they're eating his food, that is that is a travesty. 
right? And it's hard for me to explain. You know, I can go back and tell tell a guy, hey, Billy, man, they love that octopus. And they, like, they wrote a review uh, on yeah, Facebook, whatever. and they just right. gave you five stars. Right. Good job, buddy. But for him to actually hear that from the guest or see that from the guest, so it's going to be more of just maybe maybe they're going to deliver us some food from time to time. We're, we're trying to work out. There's going to be a bigger counter to eat at, so... There's going to be a, uh, we're kind of going to change the front line of reef a lot. We're going to put a kind of a raw bar kind of out, out in front and have a bunch of seats there in the front. So that, that'll be the first step. And then we're going to try to have an opening to where maybe we can kind of, when I figure out logistically how they can kind of be more of a, a, a runner, you know, for, of the food and talk to the people that, that they're delivering the food and explain the dishes to them and stuff like that. So we'll look for that this summer. Mm-hmm. We'll look for Oxbow 7 this summer. So what are what are you doing? Late between? summer, late summer on reef, late summer, early yeah. summer. <laughs> so are you are you doing anything between now and then? Are you do you, do you no no? But like like in your free time, are you are you, are you like do you take a vacation? How do you sort of mentally prepare for the fact that you're just not going to have a life? Oh, we haven't like had a life for a while now. Wow. I mean, you know. yeah, the restaurant's opening, the hotel's opening in in, in July, but. That, that I mean, that no life thing started about a month and a half ago. Yeah, well, longer than that. We, but when we do see that break, um, you know you're going to find us on the boat. Yeah, right. Uh, sun, water, fish, we're, we're there. Yeah. Bottle of wine at sunset makes <laughs> us super happy. And then I just, I just want to ask you, because certainly one of your protégés, uh, Ryan Lachane, opened Riel at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. Certainly one of my favorite restaurants to open in Houston in oh, a while. Yeah. What's your assessment of how Ryan is doing at Riel, and, and what have your experiences been like dining there? Well, we go there quite a bit. Yeah, I just went for my birthday. Yeah, um, I, I love, love it. Ryan. Um, he, uh, you know, Ryan's always been. You know, and Chris, Chris, I don't feel like gets his enough. Uh, no, no, I shouldn't. I should, uh, General Manager Chris. Yeah, he's fantastic. His wine selections, you know, he's very, he's very involved and happy to present a bottle of wine that he knows you're going to love, and I always do. Yeah, you know, for me, I look at a place like that. I look at Ryan, what he's doing. I get incredibly envious, you know. It's mm-hmm. something that I, you know, having that kind of neighborhood, like, in a, it's a true neighborhood restaurant because it's inside of a neighborhood. I mean, there's he a lot He has people bringing him cookies. Yeah, from the neighborhood. He has neighbors bringing him cookies. <laughs> it's, I'm envious of being able, you know, there's a part of me, even though I know it's not possible, that wishes I could go back and do that again. You know, that's such a special moment to be able to, your first restaurant, small neighborhood place. I mean, it's just, everything's on fire. It's just great. I mean, I couldn't be happier. That last dish I had at this restaurant on my birthday, and it wasn't on the menu yet until I think the next day or the day after. It was a duck, like with this crispy rice, but it wasn't charred rice. Oh God, it was so good. And egg yolk and it was delicious. You know, I never cared. I never (laughs) wanted this type of thing to happen. But for the first time in my career, somebody actually credited me for inspiration on a dish on twitter or on Instagram. a softy yeah on <laughs> a soft soft, soft never it's never it's never happened before and, and not that i want it to happen as i'm saying it's just kind of caught me by surprise yeah it was like last week or no a few days ago <laughs> i'm important yeah influenced by brian caswell <laughs> whole fish yay all right well brian caswell jennifer caswell thank you so much for joining me today i think this is just tremendous news i i know people are going to be super excited about it yeah. You can follow Brian on Twitter and Instagram at Whole Fish. Mm-hmm. You can follow Jennifer on Instagram at sleeping underscore with underscore the underscore chef. Got to spread those words out. Yeah, got to spread the <laughs> words out. And her sleeping with the chef blog, by the way, is great. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't get updated enough. Yeah, it's it's taking a nap, and it's so ridiculous because I have files full of folder uh, images and stories and words, and I just you know with the restaurants coming, I've not had a chance to put them up, but they will be up soon. Yeah, for stories, behind-the-scenes life of 
being a chef's wife and, and a chef's family, interviews with major figures in the culinary scene, uh, it's absolutely must follow. That's going to do it for this edition of What's Eric Eating? Uh, thank you to Chris Frankel, my co-host for the week. You can follow, you can see Chris now at Connie Rosso for the next couple of months. You can follow him on in, Twitter at CS Frankel, on Instagram at Chris.Frankel. You can follow me on Twitter at E. Sandler, on Instagram at Eric Sandler. And of course, keep it locked on Culture Map for all the news from the Houston bar and restaurant scene. And I'll be back next week when my guest will be Jonathan Horowitz, the CEO of Legacy Restaurants and the president of the Houston Restaurant Association. Thanks so much for listening.